City of Parramatta Libraries podcast, and we talk about libraries, reading, books, everything in between. And uh, I'm Catherine, and my co-host is Nissa. Hello. And today, our guest is Antonia. Hello. So good you could come. So Antonia is going to be talking about some books with us. Mm. And look, today we're looking at the theme that ties in with a really important um, day that the library celebrates, and that's called Harmony Day. Um, you know, look, given that we live in a multi-ethnic society and, you know, our, uh, our um, local government area mm -hmm. is very much, um, you know, seething mass of humanity. And all the wonderful people that come in are from basically the four corners of the earth. Mm -hmm. Is it true, Nissa? It is, yeah. So, you know, it's very dear to us and it's an important day. So, you know, we thought we'd like to mark it by talking about a few books that we've been reading on those themes. Yeah. So, Nissa, tell us. What books are we going to discuss today? Sure. Look, the very first one we're going to do is a non-fiction. It is called Brave Not Perfect by Reshma Sojani. Mm -hmm. And that was published by HarperCollins in February 2019, I believe. Yeah, nice recent one. Yeah. After that, we'll be looking at New Kings of the World, Dispatches from Bollywood, Dizzy and K-Pop by Fatima Bhutto. And that was published by Columbia Global Reports in October 2019. So another fairly recent one. Mm -hmm. good, good. The third one, which Antonia is going to talk about, is called Born a Crime yeah. by Trevor Noah. A lot of you would know Trevor Noah yeah, from... I love him. So funny. Yeah, the current host of The Daily Show. Uh, you know, he's a comedian, a writer, TV host and so forth. So that's going to be the third book. Very book. cute too. Finally, <laughs> the final one is Arab of the Future by Riyadh Satouf, and that was published by Metropolitan Books in November 2019, and that book is a graphic memoir, so a little bit different. Cool. Yeah. Uh, over to you, Catherine, the very first book, Brave Not Perfect. Oh, thanks, Nissa. Well, look, I really wanted to just mention Brave Not Perfect by Resh, uh, Reshma Sujani because... I just think it's such an important book to have in our library and encourage uh, young people, particularly young girls, to read because um, uh, just a quick, a brief uh, biography of Reshma. So she did a, a TED talk a few years ago and it really, um, you know, sort of resonated with a lot of people and became a really um, big talking point because what she's really saying is that Girls are raised in families, not just conservative families, but, I mean, all, all children um, are raised a little bit differently according to gender. So what her, the premise of her argument is that girls are raised to be polite, mm -hmm. um, quiet, um, you know, not maybe not as adventurous as boys. And while parents want to protect their beautiful daughters, um, it's not always the right thing to do. So, um, I mean, because of her background, she talks a bit about her own parents. And, you know, while, while it's a conservative background, you know, her parents were also first-generation immigrants. And, you know, they did a lot of kind of brave things and they did encourage their children but there was a difference and that's what she's talking about so anyhow she's the founder and ceo of girls who code so this is a not-for-profit organization and it's really encouraging girls 
you know, to make mistakes. And, and the agency through which they do this is coding. And we do coding at yeah. Parramatta Library, Antonia yeah. Dampy, Antonia <laughs> from the Children's Department. So... Um, is it an easy book to get through? Is the language what? really easy? So easy to read. Um, there's, it looks like it's fairly slim, doesn't it? The book. Yeah. How many pages is it? Well, I don't know. It's probably 200. Let me have a quick look. Yeah, not quite. But, you know, basically, um, look, her motto is fearless, fail more and live bolder. Mm -hmm. And you know what, uh, parents and girls, get hold of a copy of this book. I just love this book. Very easy to read. Would you say it has a lot of multicultural themes as well? Oh, God, yeah, because, you know, um, the the kids that... uh, Participants in the coding program mm-hmm. are like totally from every walk of life, and I love that she, uh, that uh, Reshma is a um, an advocate of real human rights. Like for example, when Donald Trump banned mm-hmm. Muslim people from emigrating from well, there was a certain number of countries yeah. that he put a ban on coming into America, and um, uh, Reshma was meant to be talking at some kind of tech event because, you know, she's sort of becoming a person in the tech world. Um, She boycotted that event. Uh, She spoke out at other events. She's she's a really brave woman. She, she, um, you know, that isn't her particular background, Mm -hmm. and yet she's an advocate and a champion of all And so that really goes well, you're right, with the um, the themes of, like, respect and dignity, which are so much part of, like, Harmony Day and multiculturalism. Belonging, yeah. And empathy. Yeah. Yeah, um, and um, I think, um, look, I just couldn't recommend this book more highly. Uh, One of my colleagues at work saw it on my desk. It's Rangini. She's grabbing it straight after me. <laughs> so there you go. You couldn't have a higher recommendation. Excellent. Okay. So let's go to the next next book, New Kings of the World, Dispatches from Bollywood, Dizzy and K-Pop. So this book is by uh, Fatima Puddo. I think we've covered some books by her before, one or two, I believe. Yeah, we love um, her writing. Yeah, so Fatima is a, she is a writer, she's a columnist, and this book is a little bit different from her previous ones. It's a book of non-fiction. It's about, similar to yours, quite like a small book. Physically, it's it's small, probably about, would you call it A5, whatever the equivalent is, yeah. uh, less than 200 pages. And the basic premise is that post-World War II, um, you know, you've had U.S. cultural monopoly, so movies, uh, television shows, music. Mm. But in the last decade or so, there's been like a gradual move away from that. And you've got this big cultural movement coming out of what is known as the Global South. Um, so some of the features of music and, uh, you know, movies and television shows from this part of the world uh, they have features such as they're not always secular stories. Uh, there's a lot of traditional elements, even if the stories are set in urban environments. And it sort of contrasts with um, some of the more like Western stories, which are a lot about individual journeys or perhaps sex, love, money. So it's a little bit away from, I suppose you could say, family-oriented ones. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's clearly, you know, the family unit is... More important than the individual, in a sense. Exactly. That's the feeling I get when I read that kind of... Yeah. So in many parts of the world, that is is the case. And she focuses on a few different aspects. So, for for example, you've got Bollywood. I mean, everyone's familiar with Bollywood. We've got (laughs) Paramasala here in, you know, Parramatta celebrating Indian culture. Um, Bollywood, uh, for example, India produces 1,500 to 2,000 movies a year and Indian cinema is exported to about 70 countries. So it's a huge, huge deal that is not just um, 
confined to the subcontinent or the diaspora, you know. Mm. Bigger uh, than Hollywood. Yeah. 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 So uh, she talks about, you know, the, um, you know, the industry. Uh, she talks, uh, she actually meets one of the biggest stars in uh, the Indian um, film industry, Shah Rukh Khan, and she spends some time with him. Uh, she talks about how, you know, the movies, um, they used to have a bit more of a left-wing aesthetic up until the 90s, but now there's a bit more of a, a Novu Riche sort of aesthetic. Despite that, it still has a lot of traditional values there. Um, there's a little bit of move towards a bit more jingoistic and nationalistic, uh, you know, stories with Bollywood, which perhaps well, is... Well, you know, that ties in with the current climate and yeah. the, the uh, presidency of Modi, it, doesn't it, it? It does tie in with a lot it of that. It's quite nationalistic. Um, but that is something that appeals to a lot of people. And the interesting thing I found was when she talks about Bollywood in places like Peru, for example, where... Um, there's this, you know, a lot of fan clubs for particular Indian actors, and it comes from the from a, a sense of, you know, these are these actors on the screen who have darker skin like them, uh, you know, even if they're depicted as rich and cosmopolitan, they've still got quite traditional values, and that resonates with a lot of people in the global south. So, uh, um, I think she uh, says somewhere that even if you've got like a, a Bollywood movie with, quote unquote, pornographic displays of wealth, uh, <laughs> she mentions that. But there is something acceptable, even exhilarating, about a brown about a brown man who makes it big, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a pretty interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah. a kind of wish fulfillment. Yeah, <laughs> feel good kind yeah. of exactly. scenario. And that yeah. resonates with a lot of people in you know uh, different parts of the world. So yeah. um, aspirational. Exactly. Yeah. So she also talks about rela- related to Bollywood in a sense. She also talks about, for example, uh, Pakistani television shows, which have also had um, which have also resonated with a lot of people. She talks about global reach. Uh, not as much, no. Mm. But she does. I think because she's from that background, she just wants to give that oh, a she mention just as well. In a bit, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, and then she also talks about Turkish soap operas, which is really oh, interesting. And we've heard of those. Yeah, yeah. We know they're popular. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. this is an interesting t- statistic. According to the Guinness World Record, Bold and Beautiful, the Bold and the Beautiful, was watched by a peak audience of about twenty six point two million. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think about one of the most famous Turkish soaps, which are called Dizzy, uh, one of the ones, it was called Magnificent Sultan. So by 2016, Magnificent Sultan was seen by about 200 million. Oh, so you've got 20, 26.2 yeah. and 200 million. Yeah. But that was probably, that's, that's a conservative that. estimate. And that's not including all the illegal downloads and <laughs> people watching it in lots of different places. So the actual figure is probably about double that. Wow. And, and what are the themes, those themes... You know, include a lot of family stuff, a lot of neo Ottoman fantasies. So <laughs> there's a bit of that going on, a bit of romanticism about the past, but there's still something there that appeals to these people. So, and different... it's a kind of romance in the sense that Western programs will include. Well, it's it's more family based, a bit more something that you could watch more with the family, say, yeah. and a lot of family themes and uh-huh. overcoming adversity, but it ties in with a lot of traditional values, which is still very much part of, well, I guess most of the world. Um, but would it ever touch on subjects like, say, um, domestic abuse? Oh, she does not. Well, point. you know what? I think perhaps it would mention that. I don't know for sure, but I don't think it would focus on that as much mm. as it would on some other elements of so it. So it's more of an idealised picture of the, the world yeah. of these yeah. families. Could very well. I okay. can't I can't say that I've seen any. <laughs> okay. so, and I, I don't think she discussed that particular yeah. aspect. So it's popular and it's and it's a kind of yeah. a fantasy but I'm sure, fulfilment program. I'm sure they also... Which is fine. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure they have some grittier 
topics that are also discussed as well. But the ones that are going to be super popular, I, I kind of doubt that they would focus on, yeah. you know, yeah. the, those sort of substantial issues. But it still it has a place in people's um, yeah. hearts all over the world. The yeah. very last uh, aspect she focuses on, which worth mentioning, is K-pop. So K-pop has such a great appeal in Australia as well. Yeah, I know. And we were just saying on the car over that a lot of kids that I work with who aren't necessarily um, have Asian backgrounds love K-pop. Hell Absolutely. Yeah. They're mental about it. Yeah. So it's a really, really big deal. And, um, yeah, look, her book is – it focuses on these – mostly these three um, different, you know, I guess phenomena which are part of – this new cultural movement and it's, it's a book totally worth reading she's got some really funny footnotes in there as well um and for anyone who wants to learn more about bollywood or turkish soap operas and k-pop it's it's well worth a read you know what Nissa and antonia it bodes well for the world too because the more diversity the more that you know we in our society embrace yeah. otherness yeah and oh, yeah. you know just see these are human beings and they're cool we love what they do the yeah. better and it's exactly. a different perspective, which is interesting. Yeah. It's not just the same stuff that everyone's been consuming for, like, <laughs> decades. Absolutely. Okay, on to Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Uh, yes. That was, I think, published by Spiegel and Grau um, in November 2016. I don't think I mentioned that earlier when I was introducing it. So, Antonia, take it away. What did you think about the book? First of all, are you a fan of Trevor Noah? I wasn't really when I first started the book. I just saw the cover and I was like, oh, Trevor Noah born a crime. I wonder what that's about. But it's actually a really good insight into the comedian and how he grew up. Um, So it's actually a memoir. It's a lot of little short stories kind of compiled together, but it flows on really well. So it's about Trevor growing up. Um, his life, his family, um, the society that he grew up in, the school, how he was educated, um, the afterlife when he dropped out of school or couldn't go to school anymore. It's really funny, actually. So that actually kept me going. It's quite short, just over 200 pages, but it's actually really, really, really good, and I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so he was he was born in South Africa, right? He was, yes. Yeah. And born oh. a crime. I've got to ask yes. you. I do know, spoiler alert, because I've checked. But tell us, why is it called born a crime? Because he was literally born a crime. So he was born during the apartheid period when it was illegal for a, a black lady or a black person and a white person to actually have children together. So his mother is black and his father is white and they were bo- he was born during the apartheid. Mm-hmm. So um, his life growing up. So he was actually um, went to school when Nelson Mandela was released from prison and he saw the before effects and after effects of the dismantling of the apartheid. Mm. So it's very interesting. Oh, and interesting, yeah. Throughout the book, it was really nice how there's um, little spurts of information about the background of South Africa and what was actually happening during the period. So it get, it's got a little bit of history in there. It was really enlightening for me, very eye-opening. Mm. So, so had you not watched The Daily Show before? Not really. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Snippets on YouTube, but I haven't actually seen a whole episode so <laughs> I don't, you know what? I, I, I watch him quite a bit on YouTube because he does the funniest accents I think he's yeah. really gifted with that because he, he does he's, he's a natural mimic he oh, speaks yeah. several African languages doesn't he like yeah. a lot of them I think it was five or seven languages he speaks yeah. um, one of those is English mm. but there's um, quite a number of dialects of South African Afrikaans and things that he can speak so it's very cool yeah, yeah. he's yeah. an extremely awesome. bright guy very he's talented quick wizard yeah. and oh, did yeah. you know he was actually in Black Panther the movie <gasps> I did not know that. Okay. Do you recall what character he could have been playing? Watch it again. Yeah, me too. No. Do you know what he was playing? Because when I read that somewhere doing the research, I was like, I'm sure I don't. I would have remembered no, him if he was I in Black Panther. Remember. It turns out he 
Okay, so he wasn't there physically. He voiced. Oh, okay. um, you know the AI system that helps... Um, so Shuri, uh, the king's sister, you know how she invents an AI system that helps yep. Martin Freeman's character fly a plane? Yep. That was Trevor Noah's voice. So, yeah, that was just an interesting um, thing. And the book... Let's rewatch. I don't know if you know, but that's actually going to be adapted into a movie. <gasps> oh, and it's going to be uh, the role of, I think his mum is going to be pay, played by Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, cool. Um, and oh, she was... She's oh, cool. amazing. I love yeah. her. Oh, she yeah. was she's also really in Black Panther. She was yeah. in the Star Wars movies, yeah. one of the recent ones, and 12 Years of State, yeah. Slave. So. Um, and, you know, uh, I was reading that actually there was, you know, she, his family and yep. his mother was, you know, a real stalwart in his life and brought him oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she had to go through a lot of adversity, which I'm sure the book yep. elaborates oh, on. Oh, yeah, it does. But, you know, just one quick thing about um, Trevor Noah. Yep. He has quoted some controversy Ooh. regarding some of his jokes. And I uh, was reading a little bit about, you know, some of his jokes about Jewish people, for example, that may have been um, a little bit, you know, sort of out there. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, um, the jury maybe still out a bit but that's the sort of humor that he is you know really good at yeah and and he doesn't spare himself so in other words everybody's a target equally (laughs) and i think that's fine (laughs) as long as as he yeah because you can't be oversensitive about you know racial things but i mean it's certainly you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, think like, we can all have a like the whole thing about multiculturalism and harmony and all of those. You 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 want to have a laugh together, yeah. yeah. You know, but not yeah. necessarily sort of you know target one yeah, particular no. group or and that yeah. that becomes something else. Then. But that's yeah. not part of respect. But it is interesting, yeah, yeah. Like you know, and also some of his jokes about women perhaps have been a bit <laughs> iffy. So just worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. But we still love you, Trevor. Yes. Why not? <laughs> and, and he, I'm sure he can do better. <laughs> liked about this book actually it's got um an adapted version for younger readers so if you're not really willing to read the full 200 pages or you just want a quick flip through the adapted version actually really good as well so mm. it covers everything excellent yeah. just as funny yeah i'm sure the oh, library has that as well we yeah, i'm gonna read it next week. okay on to the very last one we've got the graphic memoir arab of the future a childhood in the middle east so i'm on book four which is the latest book it's a oh. book that's come out in various series um Catherine's just reading number one i'm reading number four love Um, that book basically the book is about this cartoonist called riyad satuf um and book one was published in 2015 so it covers 1978 to 84 book two published in 2016 covers 1984 to 85 book three published in 2018 covers 85 to 87 and the latest book covers uh, 1987 to 1992 which was published last year originally published in french but it's been translated into English and it covers, um, you know, uh, the childhood, obviously, of Riyadh, who was born in French. His mum's of French origin, dad's of Syrian origin. Uh, he was born in France, moves to Libya, then moves to Syria, moves to France. And there's a bit of back and forth, which is, I think, a journey that a lot of people from different backgrounds in Australia as well take. It's not just always in one direction. It's a little bit going back and forth. Very much so. And we know people who are in this very same situation that yeah. are friends of ours who've lived in yeah. various cultures and countries and societies and it's always that thing of bringing back cultural influence taking back cultural influence because of course people take influences from australia to uh, different parts of the world i think i read somewhere that there are parts of the world 
was it Lebanon or somewhere that they have like um, Australian names somewhere there? Or... Oh, yeah, it was in Lebanon. They have Australian right. streets I've... in Lebanon. I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a Parramatta street in Lebanon somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, the uh, Lebanese community in Australia is huge and yeah. it's got a long history since yeah. the 70s. So I think that's that really interesting, that journey back and forth. So his, his graphic novel... Um, oh, that's a good thing too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really interesting graphic novel series. You learn a lot about, you know, conflict between cultural identities, the journeys of different characters. Like, for example, his dad goes from being a non-religious pan an Arabist to someone who's really religious. There's you get like a um, a view of like bigotry that certain like exists, racism that exists, um, what life is like in Syria back in that day, what it's like now. It's it's a really really interesting graphic novel um, that you get to explore. I guess a childhood, literally a childhood in the Middle East through the eyes of um, this the cartoonist when he was a young child. So I can't recommend it enough. Catherine, yeah. are you enjoying that well, particular one? Well, Nessa, yeah, I, I was really enchanted uh, by this book. I mean, he's very talented. He's um, you know, he's got a really interesting graphic style. But I mean, his observational humor is like really like funny and quirky. Um, you know, just like observations about you know, it's 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 totally non-judgmental. Mm. That's what I really liked about it. You know, he observes like casual cruelty mm. that you find in the Middle East, mm. maybe more so because we're more PC mm. in but Western societies, and he just observes it as a child, and you know, it's a thing that just washes off him. Yeah, and that's the, you know, he's got his um, Arab relatives, but then also, say, his French grandfather, kind of sexism and homophobia that exists there as well. He talks about that too. So I think he is not targeting one particular side. Absolutely He's just observing not. it all, laying it all out there. So then that yeah. makes it so much richer, uh, the experience for us to get to see so that. So authentic, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. look, that's been a fantastic array of books, girls, yeah. and yeah. I'm sure you can uh, agree. Absolutely. Um, so look... This uh, event is coming up soon and we're really happy you could have been here today. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to wind it up at this point, ladies. So yep. I'll yep. say goodbye. Antonia. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, just to let you know, this particular episode, which I think we'll like to call From All the Lands on Earth. I love that title. I think that sort of uh, fits the theme. Um, you can download this episode off uh, iTunes. Just look for Parapods. You can find us on Podbean, the app. We could find us on our blog, Parareads. We'll talk to you next time with another yeah. great episode. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Bye. The material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker who do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast. <laughs>